Before we begin this episode of All Things Music, here is a message from one of our affiliates. Incarceration at the Ohio State Reformatory, July 15th through the 17th, with Korn. Disturbed. Breaking Benjamin. Evanescence. Papa Roach, Lamb of God, Seether, Falling in Reverse, Three Days Grace, I Prevail, Black Label Society, and many more. All passes on sale now at incarceration.com. Tune in to All Things Music, presented by Liquid Sound Records. Here are your hosts, Ryan Katz and Ian Illyrian. What is up? Welcome to the All Things Music Podcast. My name is Ryan Katz. Ian is not with us today. He was unfortunately not with us on site at So What Music Festival in Dallas. But I've got a sick episode for everybody today because we have interviews from so many talented people. Uh, I was on set or on, on site for So What Music Fest in Dallas, Texas over last weekend. That would have been May 26th through... Uh, 29th, I think is what it was, but uh, I had a great time. This was at the old Texas Rangers Stadium. Uh, they have a new one now across the street, but the old one, really cool venue to be in. Uh, shout out a couple people here real quick before we really get dive into the interviews, but uh, shout out, first and foremost, Mike Zemer of Third String Productions. He and his team put this all together, and it was seamless in every way. Um, I was so happy with the experience with... Uh, talking to the bands and artists I got to talk to, going to all these stages. There's a lot of like versi- versatility uh, in this event. It was hip-hop stage, an alternative-slash-pop-punk stage, and metal stage, although there was like six stages total. You get the drift. There was something for everybody at all times, and that's what made this like extra fun because if you needed a break from the heavy or you needed a break from the hip-hop or you needed a break from the pop-punk, you could go and have that break and, and check out other bands or artists that you never heard of before. So... I wish more festivals would do it like this. I know they are definitely starting to, but it was a really good experience. Also, shout out to Big Picture Media. They are the PR company that set up uh, all the interviews and helped us out in the press room and all those things. And uh, uh, they, they were a big help to me in, in scheduling and all of that. So uh, this is going to be a two-part series. I'm going to upload both of them at the same time. Just there's no point in like being suspenseful with one or the other. So I'm going to upload them both at the same time, and they will feature different interviews. But I'm going to kind of go in order. So uh, day one, we had Little Lotus, uh, Bleeding Through, Maggie Lindemann, and Jairus Johnson uh, interviewed. Oh, and also Attack Attack. Uh, Saturday, we had uh, Traders and Volumes, so day two. And then Sunday, day three, we had the Dell Boys, Unity Texas, and the Plot and You. So lots of content to get through, lots of really cool people that I got to talk to. I don't want to bore you any further. The last thing I will say is in this episode and in the next episode, I will be uh, sporadically somewhere in the middle, maybe posting or, or not posting, but but talking, telling you a trivia question. When I post these to the Facebook groups I'm going to, if you're listening to this, you know, uh, but it's going to be the Incarceration uh, 2022 Facebook groups. I'm going to post it to our Twitter as well. Um, 
<clears throat> excuse me, but we are going to have a trivia question for ticket giveaway. We have two sets of two tickets for Incarceration 2022. That is July 15th, 16th, and 17th in Mansfield, Ohio. So uh, I will have a little trivia question, and then in the comments section where we post this, please put the answer, and somebody will be drawn at random to win these tickets to Incarceration 2022. So with all that said, let's get started. Check out all these interviews we had, and I had a great time, and let's get the show on the road. With the ground that's torn What is up? We are here at So What Music Festival. My first interview of the day with Lil Lotus. How you doing, man? I'm chilling. And yeah. Also not chilling because it's very hot out here. It's fucking brutal. Like it's I'm Texas. from Ohio, and we have hot summers, but this shit is next level. Yeah, so. I'm from Texas. Yeah, so you're used to this, right? Oh uh, no, I moved out of here because I didn't want to get used to this. After <laughs> like, was it? 23 years I was like Get the fuck out of here And they're not so. lying About everything bigger in Texas The fucking bugs here Are huge Oh yeah Everything's bigger Just Have insane. you seen a potato bug yet? Like Is that like a it's Cockroach like kind of thing? It's, it's like a fucking cricket Mixed with an alien thing uh, uh, It's weird It sounds horrible We got like Big ass Potato bugs They go we in the house and shit? Like, they go everywhere But they're more like uh, they're like not as much in the city. They're more in like the country area. Okay. But we got those big ass ants too. Like they're like fucking more than a bean size. Do they bite? Yeah, they bite. Oh, they're, they're, fuck yeah, off. They See, bite. like I always say, I say to my wife because I'm always like, I don't want to live in Ohio forever. It's like winters uh-huh. suck ass. But the nice thing is that it's safe. Like there's no natural disasters. Really? There's no like bugs that are gonna eat your brains and shit. And so. Oh yeah, you got all that here. Yeah, seriously. There's no man. penis uh, fish that swim up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <You're in> a- <laughs> yes. Dude, oh, I swear to God, I-, I think that there might be those penis fish that swim up your pee stream. I've when heard you pee about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in like South here. America, there's these piranha. I, I that, Like yeah. I, you know, like those those History Channel shows or uh-huh, Discovery Channel yeah. shows where it shows like the a river monster. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I guess they, they have like this dramatization of what happened, yeah. like not actually what happened. But this guy was <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I, I'm going to go pee in the Amazon River because I have uh-huh. to pee. And he like whips it out and this fish just swims up. Right up. Yeah, it takes fuck, it. Like literally I can think of a thousand more ways I'd rather die than that. 100%. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. So I'm I, getting, the, the fucked up thing is you don't die. Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> you, you remember that? Uh, you watch. You ever watch South Park, right? I I mean, kind of some of, some of it. There's one episode where uh, Butters, one of the characters, keeps shooting guys in the dick. And he doesn't kill <laughs> yeah, them. Yeah. And Cartman's like, "Bro, why were you shooting them in the dick?" That's like, the out best of all way things. to like fuck with somebody is yeah. to like not kill them. Yeah, right, right. So I don't know about you. I've only been here for what an hour or two, but I'm still I'm getting Warped Tour vibes, and I like it. Yeah, like, it's I fuck with it. When when Warped Tour stopped. I was like, we all were like, who's going to pick up the, the pieces? Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and I get it. Like, Kevin was doing it for so many years, and it yeah. just got to the point where he, you know, events are insane to do. Yeah. Right? And and, and I'm glad somebody, like Mike, and like, yeah, like Mike training, and Orlando fucking man, is, took it. Yeah. Took it. <laughs> I'm, I'm really excited. They swam up the peace stream, and they just took the dick. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, man. So, so let's, I want to talk to you about a couple of things. Yeah. Musically first, it seems like you have really, I don't know if consciously or subconsciously made this evolution in your sound uh-huh. where, you know, I would, I would certainly consider you one of the pioneers, if for lack of a better word, of that, that emo rap type, type of uh-huh. genre. And now it just seems like you're more 
I don't want to call it more upbeat music. I mean, some of it is, but it's more yeah. like positive. Positive sounding, but yes. the lyrics are definitely lyrics are not, still dark. Right, yeah. right. Although, although the song you just did, you just released with uh, Lil Aaron is Slaps. Oh, Silver? Yes. Oh, oh, Girl Next Door. Girl Next Door. Girl Next Door. Yeah, okay. I thought you were going to say me, Aaron, and Smart, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, that uh, one is. Girl Next Door. Yeah. And that video. Tell me oh, yeah. about that video. I, that dude, looked like so it would have been a blast. Dude, to film. so we got the treatment for it. And, like, we had, actually, we had, like, multiple treatments. Okay. And then we, me and Aaron were just like, I feel like we need to do this. We need to do that. You know, it's like, whatever. And then Aaron, me and Aaron lived together. So I was oh, walking I didn't know out that. of my. Okay. Yeah, me, Aaron, Smart Death, uh, and Jackie Boy, we all lived oh, together wow. with our homie Matt. And um, so he's like, what the fuck is up with Girl Next Door video? Like, it's like one of our best songs. Like, why, why don't we have a video for it? Right. So then I'm like, I, I was, we had been talking to everybody about like, you know, we need a treatment, we need a whatever. So we get multiple treatments, multiple treatments. And like, some of them are cool. Some of them are just like typical, whatever. Like cliche And then we get things, this one yeah. treatment where it's like, but they kiss and get married and ride off into the sunset and it's just like the typical like it's <laughs> like just great love and it's story, like flip on the girl and like like love yeah. story type thing so we did that and uh yeah it kind of it, it slapped i, I was it. not it's expecting so it watching it honestly i'm it's like so okay funny. so they're gonna kiss and be like oh oops <laughs> and but they're like nah kiss. dude double down kiss. Yeah. marriage was it kiss. was it not weird weird's not the right word but was it like I'm kissing my friend, like, I, I assume I mean, that's I, the first time, maybe not, I, I, I don't know. No, that's no. not, no. Okay, okay. <laughs> this is a recreational thing. <laughs> uh, hell yeah, man. Well, then that makes it easier. It makes yeah, it, yeah. And you know what? I'll be honest with you, I believe you because it feels authentic. You know yeah. how some people, like, in movies or whatever, you could tell, like, uh -huh. there's no sexual like, tension or, uh -huh. like, no... <laughs> that's all, that's that, that what you got. Yeah, you that's know, what you got. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like that. I I think it was authentic. So oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. It was so funny because we had to like recut it like a few times because there was people in the background like doing wrong. Like they're like, we need you in the background doing this, but like me and Aaron were just like making out the entire time. So like, all right, let's do it again. All right, let's do it again. All right, let's do it again. <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking fantastic, man. Well, tell tell me about. I mean, you've been you've been doing this music forever right yeah for a long time and it, it feels like recently more than ever it's all about like adapting to what not adapting to trends because you don't want to be like going with the trends you want to be the trendsetter yeah like you are but it's adapting to like okay this is the new method to do this now tiktok and and, and different algorithms and all that yeah. and it's just it, for artists in general right now it seems like a huge challenge because you're 20 years ago when you released music, it was like, this is the boilerplate way to promote yeah. my songs or boilerplate way to get famous or get successful or uh -huh. whatever the goals are. Yeah. And now it just seems like every other month there's something new. There's, there's more apps being developed. There's more ways to generate apps. money. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I hate it's apps. Just, it's just so fucking complex. Yeah. And I really comes down to like, okay, Mike Shinoda from Lincoln Park said this a week uh -huh. ago. He was like, a lot of these musicians are becoming social media monkeys where you the the amount on your plate even if you have a team behind you management and yeah. all that the amount on your plate to take care of to post to to make content is more than it's ever been yeah in history I feel like it takes away from the creativity that's what i'm getting yeah. at is like wh how do you balance that where you're not neglecting people that want to see that content with creating music and doing what you're what you started doing what you wanted to do in the first place yeah. you know 
Uh, I just still don't fucking post. I don't <laughs> give a fuck about Instagram. Yeah. I will shit post all the time. Yeah. I don't give a fuck about TikTok. I probably have like four videos up. One that I actually posted myself. Um, I don't give a fuck about Twitter unless I'm tweeting about pee or poop or the pee-pee poo-poo man. I don't, or sex or dicks yeah, and yeah, pussies yeah. and stuff like that. I don't give a fuck about any social media. I hate that shit. I just kind of want to like bring back the like not giving a fuck type thing, you know? Sure. It's just having fun, like whatever. Like I, I know that like it's kind of, it will help, you know, your career by putting on your shit out there and the algorithms and all that shit. But I don't, I don't, I can't do it. Like I just can't bring myself to care about stuff do like you that. think it timing is everything because when you became that household name it wasn't that way so like yeah let's say definitely. right now if you started your career right now uh-huh. i don't know how effective as much as i like it i don't know how effective the give a fuck method would be because yeah. you it's know very, everybody else that, is playing that game to like the timing for right sure. like if i was born now or not born now but i was born and then i was like starting to make music now then, like, that would be all I knew, yeah. you know? Right. But, like, all I knew before that was, like, compilation CDs and, you know, downloading stuff on LimeWire and, like... Oh, God, LimeWire. Yeah. Like, How many like computers that. broke because of that? <laughs> yeah, thing. exactly. <laughs> but it's, like, that's, like, where I came from, and that's, like, how I feel like I'm always going to kind of be about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm not going to, like, change it up now because then I'm going to fucking... It makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and and it's it's again, it's one I just of the things where in the mic, my everybody else. <laughs> to who? Sorry to whoever uses mic after me. I just burped in it. <laughs> like everybody else is playing the game, you know. Like yeah, and it's it's like the give a fuck method. Like I said, I'm into. But do you ever have that fear of like, okay, everybody else is doing it this way. If I don't follow suit. Uh-huh. I'm going to be forgotten because we all know in the music industry, shelf life is all dependent on relevance. You know, yeah, it's all dependent on. But it's kind of based off trends. And right. I want like forever fans. And like those are the yes. ones that like when they find you off a whim, they find you by chance, they find you by like really digging deep and going to this wormhole and like whatever the fuck it is, like YouTube or following, you know, like finding some, some mm-hmm. fucking artist that they like and it suggested this and that. Uh, and it's like I know that like that's kind of the algorithm with like all the other social medias, but like I like to keep it as much like organic as possible. Sure. And I feel like back whenever I was finding bands the way I found them was like through YouTube and like you know finding certain bands that they were like top t- ten videos and, and, and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Like I want that's how you find forever fans. Like you're never gonna lose those fans. Like there's fans that like listen to me because they listen to a certain band however many years ago right and now they're they were back then they were like probably like 17 18 and now they're like they have kids and their kids like the music because it sounds cool but they also like the music because it reminds them of that right so it's like that's a sweet spot and a good demographic to have and i i want that because those people keep coming back like i don't want the fucking trend fans that are like oh today my hair's purple and tomorrow it's blue yeah. like and like oh now i like this person like i like little pump but tom- tomorrow i like fucking like someone else yeah like, yeah i don't give a fuck about those people for sure and i think if you look at it from both like metrics so like spotify uh. is a great example plays on a song are t- at least to me aren't as relevant as monthly listeners because yeah. those monthly listeners that's that core fan base that keeps yeah, coming back exactly it's, you know and i talked to this uh, i talked about this with on another podcast recently is especially when you're coming up and i'm sure you can understand this since you've been doing this so long is that when you go out and you try to promote yourself especially in person that's a lost art anymore everybody tries to just spam links and it's just ridiculous (laughs) having conversations with people is so important yeah like not just handing out demos be like 
here's my demo, here's my demo, thanks for listening, or here's my business card, here's my QR code, whatever. Yeah. Because as a consumer, if I have an artist like do that, I'll take it and I'll be like, uh, and I'll just throw yeah. it in the back seat or whatever. But if if the artist takes time, there's like a connection. Five minutes to like the connection, yeah, yeah, to get to know me, yeah, it it allows me to retain who they are and later that night or the next day or whatever I'm like he was a nice guy I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna pop, listen pop in to the CD. it yeah yeah, yeah. Exactly. so I've, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how we can still do that in 2022 you know mm. it's a challenge we gotta talk to a lot of people yeah yeah and I think a lot of people <laughs> honestly I think a lot of people are lazy I truly believe yeah, that you know it's I just people don't want to put in the work to, uh-huh. to get to that stage and I, I mean, mean I feel that sometimes I just want to put the music out and just put the music out and hope that the right people find it. Right. But realistically, it's not always like right. The right way. It's one of those things you have to balance. So we got to find a sweet spot. So you, what should we do? Exactly. Exactly. And and I you know I, I manage musicians for a living and I tell them all the time like guys, instant gratification is is something that everybody wants right yeah. now. They're like I want to put out one song. Oh that the song is better than anything I've heard from anybody else. I'm yeah. gonna get famous tomorrow. I'm right? gonna get paid right. Right now. <laughs> right now I wanna quit my nine to five. All yeah. that and I'm like you gotta put in the work. Yeah. You know, you gotta put in hours and hours of work just yeah. to get to that C to or that, D level. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I want I kinda want you to tell our listeners how much work you put in to get to this point because it's not just a lottery, you know? I mean there's okay, so there's an Instagram um uh, like audio thing okay that I, I heard the other day and it was like none of these people know that they're hanging out or they're around was it none of these people know that they're surrounded by a fuck <laughs> none of these people know that they are in the presence of a forklift op, a certified forklift operator okay and i used to be a certified forklift oh, operator shit. okay but i pulled up to a fucking job with no forklift certification where my friend was like working at and he's like, I'm going to walk next to you and tell you how to do it. And I did that. And while I was like, and he, he did that. And I was like picking up shit and learning how to work the forklift and all the different types of forklifts, like every single type of forklift never got certified ever, but they believed that I was because of the way that I did it. Yeah. And then while I was doing that, I would go home and I was just writing songs and I, I was listening to like GBC and like all my like homies, friends are like homies now, sure. but they weren't my friends then. And I was listening to them, and I was like, I can do this music, making songs like that. And then those people started fucking with me, brought me out to L.A., met up with Aaron, the smart death. We started doing our shit. Started making a bunch of music, just nonstop, go back to my fucking forklift operating job. Do that, and and I did that until finally I was, like, good, like, making money off that, off the, the music shit. And I had some money in my pocket from, you know, the forklift shit. I just like quit it, and so I was like, I did that for a while. But before that, I was working like construction jobs, yeah, like random. And that's just dumb, not easy. Like, it's not like an office job where you're just. Dude, like, I you was can working at vape shops, like oh, shit. quitting like a week into it because I was like, I don't give a fuck about this shit. Like yeah, yeah. fuck you, like. And I hate authority, so I hate when someone tells me what to do. I'm so the I was same like, way. I can't do it. So I had to find someone else to tell me what to do until I got mad, and then I'd leave. And then <laughs> same, I just like fucking, uh, just bumping around the entire fucking time. Sure. And then finally, yeah, I and it's a relief it too because there's something really special about being your own boss and being oh, yeah. in control of everything and being <laughs> oh, it's that so authority. Good. It's, it's, so sick. it's it's great, and I've I, just like anybody else, I've had my share of micromanagers, people who just oh, yeah. don't want to. They want to tell you what Hovering to do, how to do shit. it, how yeah. to walk, how to do everything. It's like no, sir. But you 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 touch on a really interesting point about that forklift job. Is like you instead of getting certified, you just 
did it through learning, like through experience yeah. itself. Well, actually, the funny thing is, is that before I realized I was making enough money, when I realized I was, I made it, I was making enough money to pay for like reups. I started selling LSD. Oh, so I like quit my job yeah. and started selling LSD in that little gap before music actually started paying for okay. more than all that stuff. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, I'm gonna sell LSD. Yeah. And then I just sold a bunch of that and and that was my money to take place of the forklift shit. Right, right. And right. then yeah. Okay. Interesting. And uh <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, you you are sober now? Oh no. No, you're not. Okay. Oh right. You got he's got a fucking PBR next to me. I clearly don't pay attention. There you go. Um, actually, so I so what my what I wanted to say was, you learned, you know, through experience on the forklift job. Uh-huh. I feel like music is that way too, because you can go to Juilliard, you can go to like Berkeley, yeah. you can do all those things. How many people are graduates of those universities that either don't work in music at all, or Did. they just have a dead end job and they do it on the side? I feel like taking those chances and really just nose of the grindstone yeah. kind of thing is more effective in having a successful music career. Well, I went to I went to a performing arts school here in Dallas called Booker T. Okay. And I was there for like a few years, got in trouble for like selling drugs there and got kicked out. And But before I got kicked out, or, there was like a point where I got a full ride scholarship to a, because I was in theater yeah. for a, um, uh, what was it called? Uh, theater, like I was like a master craftsman, like doing like, all kinds of, like, theater, like, set work and shit like that. Building the sets, like, doing lighting, like, like, cueing the lights and all that shit. And I got, like, a scholarship to go and do that. And I was like, no, I want to be in a band. Like, but the bands I was in were, like, they don't exist now. They're right. not anything. But it led to me doing this because I was, like, playing with bands, touring with bands. And then ended up doing Lotus because it was made more sense to split it with just me than five other people. Right. Which yeah. you also have band. So like I do have a band yeah. now. Yeah. Right. So how do you how do you uh cuz that's something I always struggle with. How do you balance your energy between the two? Cuz I'm hanging on by a thread. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's <laughs> no, true. It's fun though. I I also like I'm one of those people that like I I thrive in like the chaos of things and like I mean obviously like, take a look at me and you're probably going to be like yeah, that guy's like fucking on one or <laughs> so uh yeah like i i like the the bouncing around a lot but sometimes it does become much but it's always like worth it like every single time that we're on stage whether it's like lotus me or boyfriends like anything you know it's 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 a uh, it's always worth it yeah i i think that's the it's reward fun. of it all and and y- you get to that point where you're doing you have to walk that line between doing enough where you're happy and not bored and uh-huh. constantly creating and because the meaning of life is happiness at the end of the day. So yeah. it, as long as you're happy and being constantly involved in stuff, then that's yeah. good. If you put too much on your shoulders, you don't want it to affect one project or the other projects. So, yeah, true. You know, that, that's definitely uh, a, a big thing. So let's talk 2022. Obviously, okay. we've had the C word, and we all hated it. And it C word? COVID. Oh, yeah, and yeah. And it was just the, the, the live music's gone. I mean, I, this For podcast, COVID. I was not able to do anything like because yeah. I couldn't do in-person interviews, and I just... I wow, honestly, you don't have a mask on your mic. It's fucked up, Matt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so for me, what it is is I don't I don't like doing virtual interviews because you don't get that same camaraderie. Oh, yeah. Like if we were no. screen to screen right now, 
we wouldn't be jumping in and talking. I like did a bunch are. of those, and I don't talk to any of the people that I did those interviews with. Exactly. It's just and if I saw them in person, I'd be like, oh, we did that? Like, yeah, know. right. Like, it's more memorable. Yeah. It's, it just it feels real for the listener, You're not making too. real eye contact. No. I don't like things, but you're not making real eye contact. Right, because if you stare at the it's, webcam, you're not seeing the person on the screen. You're not looking at the person. It's exactly. Fake. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so it's been obviously a challenge for all of us. This today, this weekend, this So What Music Festival, obviously there's been other festivals since we've returned to normal, quote-unquote uh-huh. normal. This feels like like a real return. Yeah. If You know if that, what, what that makes sense. It's just everything else kind of feels like we've been going through the motions. This is brand new. Not So What, but this, yeah. this environment, this at the stadium with these kind of artists on this bill which i've never seen before personally yeah and that's why i was when i saw the bill i was like listen if i get press or not i'm coming out regardless because you see a lot of these festivals that more or less have headliners that are ancient for lack of a better word they're irrelevant or not as relevant as some of these young guns and it's cool, like you get it, and it's obviously a money maker. And there's people who still love those bands. I like some of those bands. Uh-huh. But when you go to something like this, especially you as an artist, and you look at who you're p- performing with, and it's it's all young kids, it's all people who you came up with, it's uh-huh. all just just that kind of vibe. It's got to feel extra special, right? It's it's got to feel different. Yeah, um, you were talking about like the first experience of like back after the C word and shit right. like that. My first experience was Furnace Fest. Okay. So we played, my band played Furnace Fest, and I was like, damn. I think that was actually the first, first festival. This is the first, like, another. I think you're right, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. And that was my first, that I played. Okay. Were you there for it? I was not there, unfortunately. Dude, okay, so that was, I was like, music's back. Like, we're back. Like, we're, it's fucking huge. This is crazy. And all the bands that I looked up to, like, were there. And I'm, like, crying. I'm like, oh, I never got to see these bands at that time or this or i haven't seen them since then or i haven't i never got to see them in that time and then like over the past two years it feels like forever and shit like that but yeah that was that was fucking nuts and this festival just feels like i'm from here and i played this festival since i was like like growing up like i used to sell pre-sales to be on like the shittiest stage like at like the when it was way smaller, you know? Yeah, man. And now it's just, like, growing and growing. So it's, like, a huge fucking feeling being awesome. here. awesome. Amazing. Awesome. So, while we wrap it up, what can we expect from you the rest of the year what, or even beyond that? Um, we are uh, going to be releasing an album. Uh, working on a lot of new songs right now. Um, we're going to be releasing two albums. Um, wow. That's a, lot of, that's a lot of material. We have a lot of material. Yeah. We had so much time to make it. Sure, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's so, all backed up from when we, all, we couldn't play out. We got a so big block. Makes sense. No more blue balls. Yeah. So yeah, no, we're about to release a bunch of material and um, yeah, a lot of touring. Uh, we're about to hit the UK. Uh, about to go out with Magnolia Park and Smart Death. Great. Uh, doing that. I uh, got a show in Antwerp with Young Gravy. Okay. Um, a show with Corn in Berlin. Um, and wow. uh, busy man. <laughs> always busy. <laughs> Hell yeah. And uh, if I die first, about to go out on tour in July. So we're gonna be out for a little bit. Beautiful. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank and you. Thanks have for having a great me, time today, and I can't wait to see your set. I'm gonna pass out today. <laughs> I plan on it. Hell yeah. All right. Yeah. Have a good one. Thanks, man. Yep. Believe in me. I've emptied my soul.
What is up, guys? We are here with Brandon from Bleeding Through. What is going on? This is this is like my my. And I'm sorry if this makes you feel a certain way. It took me like 45 minutes to find this damn room. That's all good. <laughs> but it's going to be totally worth it. Yes. I know it. Uh, in my opinion, for sure. I know it. So this might make you feel a certain way. Okay. If my middle school self. Okay. Could see me right now talking to the vocalist of Bleeding Through. He would be uh, shitting his pants. <laughs> I discovered you guys when I was, like I said, in middle school. I was like, got to be 11, 12, something yeah. like that. Um, Headbangers Ball Volume 2, yeah. I want to say. Love, Lost, and Hill of Gunfire yeah. was on that. And I was like, holy fucking shit. Yeah. This is insane. And what's crazy about that is that was like the radio version that didn't have Willem <laughs> Dafoe doing his thing. Dude, that yeah, didn't have, absolutely. Yeah, that didn't was nuts. Anything. It was the edited thing. Yeah, exactly. And you, I was know, like, you know that like underground music and like metalcore and hardcore have gone wrong when they start doing edited versions of your of your music. Dude, And it's something 100%. at the time I remember just being like, wait, they're going to sell our CDs in Target? But you're saying to sell them in Target or Walmart, they got to edit it. I'm like, well, I guess. And now looking back, and I'm like, I wish we just never even done it. Now that the fact that like they don't even sell music in anywhere anymore. Sure. But hindsight is always 2020. Looking back, oh, but 100%. to be honest, that doesn't make me feel weird. Yeah, I appreciate it. Okay. We always appreciate it. When, well, good because some like, people are like, oh my god, no, I feel dude, you know. Listen, like, I used to say to myself, I was talking to like the rest of my band like earlier yesterday, and I, I remember like saying like. They used to tell me when I used to say, I don't want to be screaming into a microphone when I'm 40, mm -hmm. right? And I'm 41. <laughs> could not still doing it. be more happy to be still in the position to do it because honestly, right before the pandemic, we were starting to roll again and then the pandemic happened. I never thought I'd do this again because it's like, yeah, we're getting older and it's like, I'm more appreciative to it. So, I mean, we've always been appreciative to people that listen to us, no matter what type of age they got into us. Right. You know what I mean? hundred percent. It's all just... You found us, so that's amazing. Yeah, you kept, I, well, kept us going. I guess thanks, Jamie Josta, who's always yeah. also here. But and you yeah. know what? Like, thanks, thanks, Headbangers Ball. Like, to be honest, like that era was like the golden age of metal, metalcore, all things kind of just different and heavy, and it was such an amazing time. So much variety. There Listen, was. I love modern metalcore. I'm in a modern deathcore band, if you yeah. will. You know, it's. It's really refined music. It's very, you know, polished and yeah. whatnot. But there's something really to be said for that era of that golden era of metalcore, where things weren't exactly how they needed to be on Pro no. Tools, or the no. vocals weren't exactly. You the listen way to some of those records, and we all of our records sound totally different. And you listen to bands now, you're like, I can't really tell the difference between this recording and that. Exactly. And I remember when like bands had like better recordings. I was always like, How did they get that recording? You know. And now yeah. it's like, Well, we'll just copy exactly well, what they and did. I, I imagine when you guys had your first couple albums, and you might still do this, honestly, uh, do you still track drums or do you do sample uh, drums? We, we have Derek come in and he programs it. Okay. And then we it seems like live, the norm right we now. we rec record live cymbals. And then, um, it's one of those things where like a lot of bands that are our age are like trying to uh, ignore the changes, stay above it. Yes. Honestly, you could still do it in the sense where you keep your artistic integrity and also just like use the tools that are provided for you right yes. now. You know what I mean? Yeah, so it's, be it's dudes, good balance of You don't that. need to be the dude sitting on your porch on the front yard like yelling at people for getting on Get your lawn. Get off my lawn, you know exactly. I mean? like, you don't need to be like that person. So, But I think it shows up in the new music too. Yeah. It shows up that you you are willing to adapt while still maintaining that signature and, Yeah, sound. as long as I feel like the vibe and everything about it is bleeding through and the sound isn't compromised then we'll do it. Yeah. If it sounds completely fake and just whatever, then we won't do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah. I don't know. I still think it sounds 
it sounds like us, you know, and it's not like Derek can't play it. <laughs> he just sure he just chooses not to. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like, you know what, dude? I've recorded enough records. I'm good. I mean, the first person to do that was the dude from Meshuggah, right? Right. Like, oh yeah. He's just like, dude, like, I could play this. Why do I need to fucking play it again? You know what I mean? That mm-hmm. the I record or whatever. It was incredible. Yeah. He didn't absolutely. need to prove anything anymore, and, and a lot of these drummers don't need to pr- prove anything anymore. If no, done it. no, no. Uh, so so uh, you deserved your break. While we're Take on the studio break. topic. With keyboards, it used uh-huh. to be as simple as uh-huh. plug in the Korg, whatever, yeah. and do the keyboards. Is that still the way, or is that more of a post-production kind of thing? Uh, it's a different thing now. Like now that like myself and we, it's kind of like the the silent member is Mick Kinney uh, from Anon Nathrak and Cord Hell. Okay, um, I've been working with him on music for the last ten years, and he's done the last three records. And when we, it's like I write music differently than I did before him before it was like a group collaboration where we're all kind of practicing right and now it's kind of moved into the modern thing but it was kind of forced into the modern thing because marta moved up north she lives eight hours away from us in northern california you know yeah two kids a business like derek lives you know two kids business it's one of those things away. when you are of a certain age yeah. you do have responsibilities it, you don't you know, you me, know yeah exactly like i have i have my businesses and you know other things that are like taking up my time it's this is what we could do right now so our process with it is mick and i basically we write the music uh write the riffs with drums and stuff map it out and then we do looks like a basic keyboard over it yeah, yeah and then when marta comes like we all sit down the three of us and we kind of go over all of our keyboards and i think on the new stuff like her keyboards are she is the star of the new shit. It really, that new single, it was be, like, whoa. I've been wanting her to be for so long. And right. I think that she is taking it over. And uh, the stuff that she's playing on the new song, like, it's awesome. But even just, I have 15 more of the songs that she recorded on that. I'm just going to shit out for the next three years. Very good. You know what I mean? Yeah. And she just kills it. Very good. She kills it. So... Unfortunately, short on time, but I right. um, wanted to ask you finally, what, what do we have planned for 2022? Obviously, you just released a single, which yeah. pops, so sick song. The next two songs off our EP that we're recording, uh, or that we have recorded, uh, are going to drop, I think, in a couple weeks. Okay, uh, It's going to drop with a first song called Damage Done, and then after that, a song called uh, Pissed You Away. Um, and then after that, you know, I have a couple cover songs Oh, recorded. Okay. I have a couple old songs re-recorded. Oh. Uh, and then a bunch of new stuff, and we, we we've been talking about doing split seven inches with bands and. Kind Sounds of like you're staying busy because obviously you we have your plan business to stay and all busy that. for the next like three years, like limited Beautiful. shows, but a lot of like releases and a lot of like accessibility. For I us, will. Yeah. I will say. When I saw this build today, yeah. or when I saw them, them announce So What Music Festival, your name was the first name that I saw, and I That's was awesome. like, I need to, I yeah. need to be here because hey, thank you. I, I understand. You know, I don't know how long you guys are going to continue, and yeah. and I never got to see you for all those years that I yeah. loved you guys. I just never got the opportunity, so I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. really excited. That's awesome. I'm yeah, so free to see so. Thank you so much it. for coming on, thank and I really hope Sorry, you have a good. That's it's totally while. okay. I hope you have a great set, uh, and I will be checking it out. And yeah, cool. fuck yeah, thank let's you, go. Thank you. What is up? Welcome back. We are here with Maggie Lindemann. I am. This is really cool for me because I just discovered you like a year ago, maybe. Okay. So. And 
thank you to first of all, I'm just giving my fr- buddy a shout out. Finn McKinty, punk rock NBA. He's a YouTube influencer guy, mm-hmm. and he got me into what I call <laughs> Zoomer vibes because I'm an old ass <laughs> millennial, and I am one of those. People, you know that gif that's always out there, like, how do you do, fellow kids? You know what I'm talking about? That's me. Like, I I just, I want to be in touch as much as possible. Mm -hmm. And right now, I'm 31, so it's like, I'm not super old. Yeah, you're not even old. No, but like, I don't, I also don't want to be that guy that's like 50 and still trying to like catch up. But but (laughs) it's just natural. Like, I like new music. I like new artists. And you seem to have been really rose into the top of my list on my playlist and all all things. It's just. I don't, how do you, I consider myself the genre police. I'm that guy. Okay. I'm definitely that guy that's like, no, that's not post-grunge pop punk. That's okay. pop grunge <laughs> post-punk or uh-huh. whatever, right? So I can't, I can't put a genre to your music, which mm. obviously is, I would say, a great compliment. But if Thank you, you had to, if you had to label yourself, I don't even uh, know how I would. I know. I don't know. I, I get asked this all the time. I would say, um... To the core, it's pop, right. um, but I would say like pop rock. Um, I think some of my stuff leans a little pop punk, but I think for the most part, it's like pop rock. Um, yeah, I think. But pop it's got rock. like a darker edge to it. It has you like know? Um, an alternative grungy thing to it, but it's not grunge. It's just like I want to say it's grunge genre. It's grunge like aesthetic. Aesthetic. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think that's what. M- helped me gravitate towards this because that's uh-huh. ob- honestly like pop has never been my like first genre i'm a big metal guy yeah, yeah but when i hear like pop or emo rap or whatever that mm-hmm. has that edge that yeah. has that that quality to it it it's it's really uh, refreshing because when people think of pop they think of generic like mariah carey Britney spears yeah. kind of thing and and mm-hmm. and i think you offer something new to that that umbrella and it's really refreshing i heard the new song your publicist sent me the new song okay (laughs) it's awesome thank you just you on the track uh is it break me yes so it's me and sick brain i thought so i didn't want to assume (laughs) because i heard the the screams and Mm -hmm. it sounded very much like her and you guys are pretty close yeah best friend best friends Mm -hmm. and so you obviously collab a lot. The, yeah. My favorite song of yours is uh, Gaslight. Okay. And just okay. that song is, there's something really visceral about hearing screams not over guitars. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it, w- it was, when I listened to it, I was like, holy shit. Like, I am uncomfortable in the best way possible. Okay. You know? <laughs> Sick. Yeah. So, so how do you, when you're writing, w- uh-huh. w- especially with her, with, with Sick Brain, how do you balance those styles? Because those n- styles are not styles that normally you see go together. But you guys do it in yeah. a way that's so natural, mm-hmm. and it's got to be something that takes a lot of time, a lot of effort, or is it something that just it's naturally comes to you since you guys are so close and you have that camaraderie yeah. that's easy to do? So I think it really comes naturally. Like, we wrote Gaslight, and I want to say, like, five, ten minutes. It happened, like, wow. very, very fast. It was our first session ever together, and, like, literally wrote it so fast. Basically freestyled the whole, my whole part the whole like melody and everything and then like it was super super fast and then um the lyrics that kind of came out were like the lyrics we kind of kept so it was really really fast and um we listened to a lot of the same types of music and we we like a lot of the stuff that is like screaming over trap drums and stuff so we were just like we kind of wanted to do that and we had the idea maybe to make it a little bit more like you know add 
um, guitar and all this stuff. And we're like, dude, no. Like, it sounds so sick the way it is. It really and, does. Yeah, and, like, that's the type of mu music we listen to. So it's like we just wanted to do that. Isn't it crazy that as an artist you can spend hours writing mm -hmm. and it's not as good of a track as if you spend five minutes? Yeah. Like, that's so frustrating in the best way, but it's like, yeah. ugh. Sometimes it just happens. Like, yeah. I, And I think with her, on everything we've done, it kind of just happened. Like, we we do we write really fast together and especially her like she's an insane writer she writes very fast <laughs> and it seems like that's obviously i think a tribute to your guys's friendship mm -hmm. because there's that camaraderie but yeah. it's also a quality that you it's hard to find that because people are so diverse musically taste wise yeah. that you know being in bands i know that it's you butt heads all the time about, no, yeah. I want it to sound like this or that. So the fact that you guys can put pen to paper, essentially, that quickly, and that, like, you guys are one mind, essentially, and it, yeah. it's, it's, it's refreshing as a consumer. So. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we are one mind, one brain. Yeah, one, sick one brain. brain. Cell. Yeah, one uh, <laughs> Dad brain. jokes. <laughs> um, so I've, I've, you know, from afar, I've noticed it seems like you've had this meteoric rise, if you will. Mm -hmm. You know, you always have been a notable name but it seems like now more than ever just it it keeps going i see you on all these festivals obviously this one makes mm -hmm. a lot of sense yeah but i'm seeing you on like uh some dating Wimmer presents festivals which yeah. we do media for as well but uh i'll be seeing you incarceration i know that you've been on you were on one i think it was during COVID that might have got canceled i don't recall which one it was but i'm, I'm seeing you yeah, on I'll more of these yeah. festivals and mm -hmm. it's like where one is it overwhelming I love festivals. Yeah. I think I'm always scared because I'm like, no one's going to come watch me. But uh, I love festivals. Like, the energy is cool. And, like, I can go see other people's sets. It's just like, it's like an overall experience. Rather right. than a concert, it's like, you know, I perform and then I go to bed and, like, nap and whatever. Right. Which I still love touring. But it's just different. Like, the energy is different. All the other bands, all the other people. Like, I don't know. It, there's something about that energy. Well, I think it's cool. Now, I don't know about this one necessarily because I feel like everybody at this festival kind of listens to similar music. Yeah. But... When it comes to, like, incarceration, for example, you have a lot of older yeah. people that go and watch a lot of rock. Mm -hmm. And when they see your set, my hope is that you have that accessibility where you have that, like I said, that edge, that, that grunginess, yeah. where they will be like, okay, she's legit. Yeah. I, and I think that's really the benefit of doing these kind of festivals because, obviously... You're not short of fans. You have 5 million monthly listeners on Spotify. But it is always good to expand that demographic because you never want to be, like, one-dimensional or have that only that Gen Z or young fan base or TikTok, yeah, whatever. So definitely. I think that's really going to benefit you really well. Mm -hmm. and, do, and do you go into that? I would go into that. I feel, I, my brain's wired weird. But I would go into that with a conscious effort to attract new fans because yeah. it's, a, it's a completely new audience. Is definitely. that something you might think about or you just go do the same thing every time uh no i definitely think about that i think my mind thinks about like a thousand things before i perform anywhere but um yeah i'm definitely thinking about like you know how i can you know get a new group of people that will listen to me or like what i can do to widen my audience and i think um also like my live set like we're doing the same songs obviously that it's on my EP and that I put out but like we're making it a, an experience it's not just like we're playing the EP we're like adding stuff and my band's like insane and they do these crazy arrangements and like they they're a band them like they're a band without me okay so they're a group um so like when they come on and perform with me like I don't know it's just this crazy energy it's like 
I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. You have to just see it. So, but well, and I can't a, wait to see it. It's just a crazy honest. energy. How do you how do you find? Obviously, you know, there's session musicians, Guns for Hire, and all that. How yeah. do you find a band that you are that vibing with that it's mm-hmm. like? I want to take you guys everywhere because it just makes sense. Because there's so many musicians for hire, and yeah. you don't you don't know you don't know until you you do it. How do you find Definitely. the right people? So I actually found them because they did a, a cover of one of my songs. Oh, and wow, like, that's actually really cool. Me. Yeah, and, yeah. Like, tagged me, but just a cover, like not singing. They don't sing, so okay. they just like play like instrumental. Yeah. So they did like this crazy arrangement. I think it was of Gaslight, and they did this like super crazy arrangement. And I was like, like that's fucking insane. Like you guys just put that together, and then they did another one, and then after that, I was like, we need them to come play. And, and they <laughs> probably thought like, holy fucking shit. Yeah. All we were doing was just covers, and yeah. now she literally wants us to be her band. Yeah, and it's been it's been crazy. So they just came on tour with me, and um, they do like the whole arrangements, like they put it together and everything, and like it's they're insane. Like their minds are just so insane. I can't wait. And they're to all see brothers it. too. So they're all like, brothers. Yeah, they're all brothers. So it's what's like, that like on the road? Because I I think it's cool because. Um, it's not just like a bunch of people you put together and then you hope it can work. It's like they're brothers. So it's like they have their own bond already going on. And um, I don't know. I think you can just tell that it's like not people that were put together and it's like a group thing. It's not just like. It's not just individual. a bunch of guys doing going through the motions. Yes, exactly. It feels like there's charisma and camaraderie. Yes. And that's that's so cool. That's, yeah. that's so cool. It's crazy. So clearly you are going to be staying busy this year. Obviously, you have this new single coming out. Mm-hmm. Album plans? Uh, yeah, so my album is done. Um, it comes out in the fall. Okay. And uh, yeah, so right now I'm just rolling out singles until then. Who do you, uh, who produces the album? Is there anybody you want to shout out? Yeah, so it's a couple different people. Um, my people I always work with, Josh and Cody, mm-hmm. those are like my main people. Um, but No Love for the Middle Child. Okay. John Feldman. Oh, Feldman's a uh, genius. Yeah. yeah, he's amazing. Yeah. Um, Feldman. Um, Andrew Goldstein. Okay. Um, I, I feel terrible if I missed anyone. I, I worked with a couple different people on this one. Sure. Like my EP, I just worked with Josh and Cody. So now I'm like, oh, I have to remember more people. But they're all insane. And was like, it cool working with more people than just two on this yeah, one? Yeah, it was. Like, I never know. I'm I'm very, like, when I find my thing, like, I find my thing and I don't want to move from it. Cause right. I'm, very, I'm the same way, honestly. I'm, like, scared. I'm like, okay, well, I know this works. So There's a trust level. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's like... I feel comfortable, like, telling them, you know, what I'm going through so that I can write these songs. Exactly. And, you know, when you're working with different people, it's like, yeah, it's like, do I want to tell them, like, anything personal? It's like, I don't know. But um, it was cool working with them. And I feel like I vibed with them really well. Um, And also, no love for the middle child. He's, like, an artist himself. So I think sometimes, like, when that happens, like, they just get it. Yeah. Um, So... Yeah, I don't know. I think they all killed it, and That's I'm cool. excited. Do you? Uh, I'm honestly, this is just off the cuff because I'm really curious. With pop artists, mm-hmm. how much one? How much creative control do you have? Do you 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 cover pretty much everything on your own? So I do everything. So okay. I'm actually um, just signed to a distribution. Okay. I'm not like with a label or sure. anything. So when I was signed to a label, like I didn't have as much creative control, but now I do absolutely everything. Like everything creative is me. Um, so, which is so insane because for so long I just was like, oh yeah, sure. I'll do that. But now everything you see creatively is me. Which is, I, well, you say, yeah, sure. We'll do that. I'm not wired that way. I'm a yeah. control freak. I'm mm-hmm. like, no, I think what I'm, you know, I'm 
one of those people. I think yeah. my opinion is the best opinion, right? Yeah. It, it, it has to be refreshing to put your trademark brand mm-hmm. to you. I manage musicians for a living, and I do my best to make sure that every artist or every band has a different, distinct brand that yeah. is synergetic, that they can roll with, that fans will be like aesthetically even like a cover art yeah. they see that like, that's Maggie yeah. right you feel like consciously that's something that you are able to do now that you have that freedom and oh yeah yeah okay. definitely I mean when I was so when I was a, like doing like super pop music um, I signed pretty young I signed when I was 17 wow and then um, and how old are you now I'm 23 I'll be 24 okay. next month okay um, but I was pretty young and I just wanted to do music like I just wanted to make music so I kind of had a vision for myself but like it was very quickly shut down. So me just being young and like absolutely no, I had just no control. You know what I mean? So I was just kind of down because I just wanted it so bad. But as I've gotten older, I've just realized that like, I don't want to do that. Like I would, that's just not something I want to do. And being independent, sorry, being independent, um, I can do that. Like I can do what I want and like no one can really tell me that I can't. Well, yeah, and and there's something to be said for that. Uh, My question now, then, is is you say you have this vision for yourself at 17. Mm. Is that the same vision you have now, or has that changed over the years? Because obviously, when you're 17, your brain works differently than when you're 24. So Mm -hmm. I'm curious, creativity at least, creatively at least, do you... Do you have you have you kind of warped that or changed that over the years? So yeah, it's definitely changed. I think to the core, it's stayed the same. Like when I was seventeen, I really wanted to make um, like Banks, Melanie Martinez, um, Lana Del Rey, but dark. I guess kind yes. of what Billie Eilish was doing, yeah, like yeah. in the beginning, um, that like dark pop, alternative dark pop. Like that's the type of music I wanted to make, um, and that was like the vision I saw for myself was like a dark grungier pop artist um but it was very quickly turned into this like bubblegum vibe and then i yeah now i'm kind of like back into it but it's definitely more um like rock centered now but i've always like listened to this music i just didn't really think it was possible because when i was 17 it was like none of this was really happening no it was like yeah, I guess people are saying it was dead, you know, and now it's like resurging. And it's it's all crazy. Again. It's honestly, you know, I, I, when I was growing up, rock was much bigger. Yeah. It was, you know, the whole metalcore thing, the whole uh, indie rock thing was oh, yeah. huge. And then somewhere along the line, people forgot what it's like to be, I don't want to say aggressive or dark or edgy, but essentially yeah. those things. And everything turned into very generic, stale mm-hmm. Uh, sterile, like yeah. no emotion. Mm-hmm. And now that things are turning around again, I think I think the pandemic had a lot to do with it, do honestly. Too, yeah. mm-hmm. But I think I think people are embracing whether it is dark or heavy. I mean, heavy's popular again. I can't I remember it, the yeah. last time that heavy was popular. <laughs> it's like it in like uh, the mid 2010s. It seemed like if you want if you were in a band and you did a heavy track, people like thought of you as like why? Because all these bands yeah. are doing like they're changing to whether you would call it butt rock or whatever, yeah. you know, and, and now it's just, it, it seems like everybody's more open to yeah. ideas. And I think that's a great, t- great time for you to be a musician because you obviously push the boundaries Thank you. And, and you, you not only blend things together, but I, I really do feel like you've started your own genre. Thank you. Wow. And, and it, it, I think maybe 10 years ago, 
might not have caught wind, might not have yeah. worked, but timing's everything in this industry. You obviously know that. Were you, to jump back here, obviously 17 is really young yeah. to sign. How long have you been involved in music in general? And like, how do you get to that point where you sign at 17? Because I was in a garage band in high school. I didn't sign when I was 17, but I yeah. loved it as much as the next person. So how does it even get to that point? So um, I started making covers. I started doing covers on this app called Keek when I was like 14, I think, maybe okay. 14. Um, and so basically what Keek was, by the way, is like when Instagram was first starting out, like there was no videos. So they had an app called Keek that was like Instagram's oh, videos. Okay. So like everyone on Instagram at the time like had a Keek. Um, and I would like do singing covers and I just did that. And then I started coming to LA every now and then. And then my manager, who's still my manager to this day. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, which is crazy. But he had seen one of the videos of me singing online and like wanted to meet with me. And then we started making music after that. And I was like independent for a year. And then um, when I was 17, we were meeting with labels and I had Pretty Girl, which was my like big song. Right. Um, and that's how I got signed. I got signed off of Pretty Girl. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, as a as a ma as a full time manager myself, I do have to ask this. Yeah. What? I mean, was it? It was probably a very easy decision, I assume, to keep your manager. Yeah. I know some labels. I've had artists that get signed, and some labels say he's not in the picture anymore. We're gonna yeah. give you our. You didn't ever ever have that issue. Um, I don't think so. Not with the label. Um. Yeah, I we yeah I don't think so. I yeah. mean, if they did, I was like no. Huh. <laughs> so interesting. <laughs> yeah. So so I guess my last question would be, obviously you you have plans for this album, uh -huh. and I can see where the music's going directionally. Past that, because like I think I think you you do such a good job of creating your own sound. Is, is there more of a concerted effort now that you know it's working to continue to branch out? Like you said, you've been hitting rock. Maybe there's mm -hmm. another thing you want to try out. Is it? Do you have more confidence to do that now? Because you've seen the proof of concept. You see that fans are gravitating towards what you make. I think when you start out and you want to push boundaries, you get a little nervous because you're not sure if it's going to stick. You're not yeah. sure if it's a little too out, out of left field or whatever. Do you have that confidence now that, that when you're writing in the future, it's it's going to be easier to just be yourself and do things you want to do rather than playing it safe maybe because of where you are in your career? Um, I think to an extent because, like, when I was making this album, I definitely did some stuff that was, like, very weird that I was like, this is too weird. I can't put this out right now. Um, but I'm definitely doing stuff that I want. And, like, if if it doesn't sound like anything that's out or if it sounds a little weird, like I'm like, fuck it. It sounds cool to me. Yeah, so right. like, I like it. So someone else is going to like it. Um, but with this album, like I did do a couple things that were a little bit more like heavy and a, some things that were a little bit more just like poppy. And, um, there's definitely a lot of genres on the album. So love it. But with the next thing, so I'm already working on my next album. That's <laughs> like what I was always, trying. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm always working on my next that's album. Great. But, um, I'm definitely doing, different stuff like it's gonna sound different than this album i'm already like and there's the a good thing and there's a good method of sounding different but also keeping that 
Maggie Lindemann sound. Yeah, like it, it, it's one of those things where you 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 can't force it. It just has to happen naturally. Otherwise, I was in a band before that. Like we had a bunch of different genres yeah. on a, on, a tr- on an album, and each song standing alone was great. But yeah. on an album, it was just just like a bunch of like potpourri. Mm-hmm. It wasn't legitimately yeah. so. It that's a, there's an art form to that as well. But hey, th- I thank you so much for spending time with me today. I can't wait to check out your set tonight. Um, and yeah, thank you so much. Of course, thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for sticking around this far uh, in the episode. I appreciate you you guys listening to all these interviews. Got a lot more coming up. But as I said in the intro, we got to do the trivia question. So this one's going to be really easy. It'll be uh, something you can hopefully answer well, but it will show me that you have listened to most of the episode. So to win two tickets to Incarceration 2022 at Mansfield Reformatory, July 15th, 16th, and 17th, please answer the following question in the comment section below wherever this is posted. The question is, our friends at Danny Wimmer Presents, who put on all these festivals, what year was Danny Wimmer Presents founded? Again, what year was Danny Wimmer Presents founded? Please post that in the comment section or the tweet section, wherever this interview is posted by us. And uh, we will pick a winner at random to win two tickets to Incarceration 2022. So, good luck. What is up? We are back. Final interview of this day one with Jairus Johnson, the man. Yeah! The myth, legend, the ball of energy. He, brought, he literally, you can't see it, but he literally brought his sword. Like, I'm... Literally. I am impressed. Not even figuratively no. or metaphorically. I'm impressed with literally the, invest, the investment. The is that your only sword? Um, I actually do have one other one. It's the, um, what is it? It's Dante's sword from Devil May Cry. Oh, wow. Big one. My cousin got it for me. But this is the one I take. This is my OG fucking sword. You know, I take it everywhere. I'm so do you take this heavy. one because it's like, okay, you have the other one. Is the other one at home because it's it's a little it's too... Hu- it's oh, okay. huge. It's really heavy. I can't even hold it with one hand. <laughs> like, it's super fucking heavy. It's thick. Yeah. It's sharper. This one's like dull. You know, it's like just a prop. It's like right. a prop sword. And, and, yeah, if I tried to walk in uh, to security today with that, I probably would have had some problems. But I did have problems, but you know what? Did you really? I'm very persuasive. I feel like I'm they very like- charming. And persuasive, and I just got in, baby. That's all it takes. I was gonna say, I thought like artists can kind of just yeah, do... no, we can kind of get away with whatever the fuck. Exactly, we want. So, right, right. Very that's cool. kind of the way it was. It was, actually wasn't that much of a problem. I had a problem coming back in to the venue. Like I left the venue, and then coming back in, I didn't bring it in the case because I bought it in the guitar case. And you can't fly with that. Uh, I can. I just put it in you a guitar case. It, like, yeah, just put it in a guitar. That's crazy. Guitar case. Check it, you know, and then you can fly. So Hell it's all yeah. good. So okay, right off the bat. It was 90 degrees out today, yeah. and I saw you just turned up to 10 the whole fucking set. Like it no, was, it was challenging. That's what I'm asking. Like how physically, emotionally exhausting, but fucking worth it. Okay, yes. always worth it. You know, it just you got to do what you got to do. You right. know what I mean? Rock isn't gonna bring itself into the future. You, I have to bring it into the future. You know what I mean? I like it. I like it. So yeah, hundred tattoo degrees, and everything, right? Hundred degrees. Yeah, exactly. Tat, you know, tattoo my fucking tattoo. Had to show that off a little bit. You know, hundred degrees, twenty degrees doesn't matter. I don't care if we're in fucking Antarctica. Would you rather have hundred degrees or twenty degrees? I always ask people that. Hundred degrees, probably. Yeah, Yo, yeah. for sure. I'm because twenty degrees, like I mean, I might die. I might actually die. Yep. Twenty degrees, hundred degrees. I'm gonna 
get really sweaty, but I'll be okay if I drink a lot of water. <laughs> I feel so that. So it's like not that bad, you know? Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. okay, and I definitely get t- more tired. But honestly, I'd probably get tired. If I was playing outside in 20 degrees, I'd probably get tired too. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, you know, it, it's all bad. It's all sucks. Extreme weather sucks. All right, Earth, I hate it. Fucking Don't do right, it dude. anymore. Fucking right. I'm from Ohio, and all we have is extreme weather. So yeah, I you get do. it completely. It's true. Um, okay, so let's talk about your new track, your Raining Blood track with Zilakami. I have... A specific question that I don't know if you've got this before, but I'm honestly genuinely curious. Okay. When you do a track like that, and you're obviously using samples from the original Slayer song. Yes. Technically, uh, I've gotten in trouble for calling them samples before. They're okay. technically in, it's an, technically an interpolation because I replayed the guitar. So that was what I was directly sample at. the like, song. Do you, you can own it if you played it yourself. I mean, we still, I mean, they still took, I mean, yeah, there was like, they're still involved. I didn't know if you had to just do like a mechanical They get money from the song, kind of yeah. Okay. Yeah, of course, of okay. course. They get publishing world. Because that was, I was, I was curious, like, how much do you, how much can you use before it hits that threshold? You know what I mean? Obviously something, a song like that where the title and, and, and the. I mean, yeah, we used the riff directly. So like, obviously, right. yeah. Right. We, we had to like cut them in on it and. Yeah, there was. I mean, I'm super fortunate. They were really fucking nice and really, you know, they were really down for me to use it. They liked it. Their fucking manager fucked so with it. So you had to get specific permission yeah. from their camp. It from wasn't like just doing a cover and then from all the members of Slayer. Yeah, wow. they had to say yes to it. That was kind of probably pretty surreal. Oh, it was fire. It was it's a flex. You know, yeah. it's a big flex. Not gonna lie, but it was fire. It was really good, and I was very honored. I was very honored to get the approval. Obviously, um, I didn't know if they were going to. To be honest, yep. like I thought maybe you know. Okay, you know they're they're Slayer, right? They, they can do whatever the fuck bit, they want. Yeah, they can do whatever the fuck they want. They might be a little bit more careful about what their brand is associated with, but everybody over there seemed to like it and you know fuck. That's with That's really them, cool because so. there's a lot of bands that would have been like a lot of bands that would have said no, no, yeah, right? And exactly. Said yes, Especially, and, and I'm not saying Slayer's but that's why this they're way. the fucking goat, you know? Right. But I'm not it's saying Slayer's this is. way. Obviously, they're not. But there are some older bands that would have been like, I don't even know who you are. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Because who are you? They're, TikTok? They're, what is that? They're stuck 20 years ago. You, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Oh, so yeah. like it's, But at the same time, it's really cool that you've been able to obviously work indirectly and directly with Slayer, but also like do songs with Jacoby Statics, as we all know. And like, Correct. That's that's something that... I, I don't know how old you are. I'm 31. but 26. Okay. So easy. It, it's something that like you, when you grew up and you were like, if I could talk to my middle school self right now... Oh, yeah. You, you know what I mean? like that, Dude, if I could talk to my middle school, school self and be like, yo, you're going to drop a song called Last Resort Reloaded? <laughs> With like Bob the Rose on you, right. Like, that is crazy. Yeah. That, that blew my mind when that first... I remember just looking at Spotify and being like, I can't believe this is real. I can't believe we actually made Last Resort Reloaded. With Papa Roach. And like, he reached out to you directly? He, he Yeah, well, I did the TikTok, and then right. they... Their camp, if you will, and there's a few people behind the scenes. Um... A few people kind of connecting the dots there um, after the TikTok blew up. And, yeah, they reached out to me after they saw it. And we're like, yo, we're in L.A. Come to the fucking studio. Let's hang out. Let's talk about this. That's so dope. So, I'm, uh, yeah. I'm noticing, I mean, TikTok obviously is, we're 2022. It is the most effective social media platform. Yep. But I'm noticing a theme with everybody I've talked to today. So, like, for example, Maggie Lindemann, her band were, were a cover band of her songs before she found them and really? she found them and she was like wow you guys play my songs really well you want to be my band and they're all like brothers it's crazy so like Damn, tiktok has fuck? yeah i just can't imagine growing up 
that kind of accessibility that we have now where it's it's, it's a double-edged sword uh, <laughs> because on one hand it's it's really easy relatively to the past to not just talk to people that you admire but get their attention with your talent but at the same time because it's so easy there are so many people out there yeah fighting for the attention that exactly yeah. and, and there's just so much talent out there it, it it's yeah, it's like there is i always make that analogy of sports so you have a lot of high school football players and you have the ones in the big cities who are getting scouted and then you have mm-hmm. the ones in podunk nebraska that no one knows about they could be just as talented if not more talented it's true right so it's true it, it, it yeah i mean i'm not the only uh fucking genius motherfucker around <laughs> here you know what i mean like there's other musical geniuses and people that are fucking amazing exactly. and like yeah it's a it's a skill that the universe and God has given to a lot of different people. You know what I mean? And what is the best way? Because obviously you did it. Like you are the case study of a talented person who used social media really to, I mean, you're fucking playing huge festivals now. So is there like one secret? Is there, do things just kind of have to fall in the right way quickly? They do a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They do have to fall a little bit the right way quickly. Um, you also have to, I mean, you got to have your fucking shit together, you know? You got to have a fucking idea of how to, you know, how you're going to fucking present yourself to yep. the world, yep. you know, whether that's just you. I mean, it could be your personality. If you have a great fucking personality and you're just fucking going with it, or if you have crazy music, whatever it is, you got to have a fucking edge, you know? Like, you can't just be, you can't just do the same fucking thing everybody else is doing. Yep. You can't You can't do that. You got to fucking do something different. You got to be the future of rock, motherfucker. That's right. Okay? <laughs> so that's all it is. Like, you got to you gotta have an edge to it. You know, there has to be something. There has to be something there for people to latch on to. You, you got to understand how people's brains work, you know? You got to understand that most people do not give a fuck about you at, at all. Mm-hmm. You know, most people only give a fuck about themselves, including me. And it's just part of our human psychology, the way we're wired. You're just wired to be selfish. And when you're scrolling on TikTok or on Instagram or whatever, you know, it's like you might find bands or people you like or whatever. But for the most part, I mean, you're not really like you got to you got to reach you got to reach past that like um, selfish barrier that people have where they only care about themselves yeah. and they only really give a fuck about one thing, which is their own TikTok and their own Instagram and their own this and their own that. Everybody's a fucking, you know, even like all, even every, you know, it's like all your fans on TikTok, they all have like 10 or 20,000 followers themselves. Sure. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's like, even if they're like just a fan, they still have like followers and shit on everything. So everybody has a presence. Everybody has a personality, you know, and everybody is, everybody is innately selfish. You've got to figure out a way to fucking break through that shit kind of break the human you gotta break the human brain a little yeah, bit yeah. you gotta be a little dangerous you gotta be on the fucking edge you gotta do something different you gotta you gotta get past that filter which is hard to get past you know and i think the 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 thesis of it all is it takes a lot of work people think that this stuff happens overnight oh, for it does, luck does not right. you don't just pick up music you don't just make music and then put it on tiktok and act silly and whatever and then and it goes yeah yeah it's it's so much it's one. It's calculated, right? You're, you're, yeah. You're, you, exactly. Whether you, whether you think about it at the moment or not, you're really developing a business plan in your head, like what corporations would do as far as like, okay, new product launch. This is how we're going to, as you say, break through that mold. Because how yep. many commercials? When you watch TV, we all just zone out with commercials. No one gives a fuck. Yeah, no one gives a but fuck. But every now and then, there's this 
funny ass. It breaks your brain. Yeah. yeah. It breaks your like, brain. You go, fuck. Oh, fuck. Right. And you, you know, whenever you have a moment like that, don't you think to yourself, oh, like, you literally have a thought to yourself, I usually don't remember commercials or think about commercials, but I'm going to remember this one exactly. because blank. Exactly. You know? Like, a good commercial will make you do that. And that's what it is on TikTok. Every fucking TikTok, you're just fucking mindlessly scrolling. There's a million shit, tons of shit going on all the time, you know? And it's like, you're you you need to break somebody's brain now <laughs> in yeah. order to be memorable at all and that's i mean that's the way it's always been but just it used to be like at shows you have to break somebody's brain and now it's on tiktok you know whatever TikTok, now it's kind of both TikTok's like, it's everything show, right it's, you know? it's it shows it's tiktok and and I, I brought this up earlier today to somebody else but mike shinoda from lincoln park he just recently uh made a comment that he's not happy that Musicians have become "quote unquote" social media monkeys and had to do all this stuff and yeah. worry about their creative yeah. prowess. So there's varying opinions. I don't know necessarily if he's right or wrong. I I, I definitely feel like doing music now in 2022 is such a, a a bigger responsibility than it used to be because you have all these things that you have to think yeah, you about. You got to be a fucking marketing genius yeah. too. Just to get a record deal. And you know, like it doesn't even matter anymore. if you have a good manager or if you have a good whatever. Like you at the end of the day you are the brand and you still got to put in the work. Uh, because of all of these social media platforms, you can't really fake those. So yeah. yep. it's like yep. at, at what point do you try to give yourself a break and use that energy towards creativity and at what point do you harness that energy towards content? Like it's got to be a tough it's thing a hard to juggle. balance, dude. It really is. It it it, it sucks sometimes. Um, but you know, you got to view it as a fucking. You know, you can't <clears throat> sit around and fucking whine and bitch and fucking complain. You know, it's like that's a, that's what pussies do. You know, that's what fucking losers do. You can't do that shit. You got to fucking be a winner. Yep. You got to take life by the fucking balls. You got to do it. You know, and you got to figure it out. TikTok is a stage. You know what I mean? Social media is a stage. You got to figure out how to play on that stage. You got to figure out how to. How to move on that stage, how to get people's attention on that stage. If you really care about your music and you want it to reach people, you know, it's like the greatest artist in the world can sit around in his fucking garage and make paintings or make music all they want, but if they never fucking put it anywhere, no one will ever know about it and it exactly. can't be appreciated. So you gotta figure out a way to make sure that it's appreciated. You gotta figure out a way to get in front of people and make sure that it is seen by people and that's that's part of the art there's art also art in that as well there's an art to getting attention there's an art Absolutely. to there's an art to being entertained there's an art to everything so you know it's not just about like so many artists are fucking yeah they're just like pussies like that where they're just like yeah like I don't want to do anything besides make the music and yeah me either motherfucker yeah in a perfect world yeah duh like <laughs> of course if all I had to do was sit around and fucking make music then that's great but like that's not the way it is and that's not the way life works and you can't just fucking sit around and whine and complain that the world isn't the way you want it to be you gotta go fucking change the world then alright you don't like TikTok make a new app then yourself bitch yeah. you know figure it out like do it yourself then. If be you don't a trendsetter, like it. not a trend. You have the fucking power. power. Right. If you want, if you don't like some aspect of your life, then go change it. Go figure it out. You know what I mean? So, like, there's ways to do it. There's ways to blow up without TikTok. Absolutely. True. Like, Mike Shinoda is totally right. Pe everyone has to do this shit, and it's like, it's crazy. And I've seen horror stories about some of this TikTok shit with labels and stuff. I totally get it, but at the same time, you know, it's like, there's other ways too. Okay, go be a fucking YouTuber. Yeah. Go 
Twitch, Twitch channel. Yep. Go fucking just drop amazing fucking music and cross your fingers. Do that then. You know what I mean? Like there's a million different ways to I do it. I feel like so. that's that's so true. There is a million different ways. And that brings me to what we're here today is when I saw this bill, first thing I thought was I'm going regardless. Even if I don't get pressed. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't care how much it costs. Yeah, I I, I mean we, 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 we all see what the variety of festivals out there. I'm also a media member for DWP, so I, I'm at incarceration oh, and fire, all that kind fire. of stuff. And you mean at Aftershock? Uh, I won't be this year. I'll be uh, at Ink and maybe louder than life, but Okay. Um fire. yeah, Aftershock's a little too far away. Uh but anyways, the, the you see a lot of festivals that kind of churn out older talent. The same, no hate, obviously, fuck, if I was Corn System of a Down, Metallica, Slipknot, whatever, I would be doing everything I could to continue to perform at those festivals because, one, they're my inspirations, two, it just makes sense. Yeah, but when no, they're, you fucking see a, le- they're legends, obviously. Obviously. But, you know, one of these days, one of these motherfuckers is going to have a heart attack on stage, you know? <sighs> I, man. What, like, well, I think, the, didn't that just happen? Judas Priest's uh, guitarist. Oh, yeah, yeah, I guess at it did At Loud in Life, that happened. Yeah, which, yeah. you know, I mean, that's... that's um. I, I my regards go to go to them and their team obviously, right. but you know it's like it's just one of those things that's like we got to get some new energy in rock. You know it can't be the same. If you look at every other genre of music, the headliners aren't sixty years old. They're yes. sixty five years okay. old. Thank you so you much. Know, these guys are legends. These guys are fucking legends. Right. They're amazing. They can still pull fucking thousands, tens of thousands of people. They're legends. No one's questioning mm-hmm. that. Well, all I'm saying is that we need to get some fucking new blood, some new talent. Otherwise, rock Preach. and metal is going to fucking die. Exactly. It already is dying. And, you know, and what, what else it needs, too, is that it needs a redefinition. You know, a lot of the rock world fights to even consider me to be a rock artist. And, you know, that's fine. I don't really care about what those people say. Gatekeepers. You know, yeah, gatekeepers, yeah. whatever. Who cares? But... The problem is, is that, okay, you gatekeepers, if you want this genre to live on, you're going to have to accept me as being a rock artist. Because where else do you see it going? It's yeah. not like there's just new System of a Down yeah. or Metallica yeah. is coming System out. System of a Down, yeah, sorry. That was a one-time thing, yeah. by the way. Right. You know, like, Metallica happens once. Yes. System of a Down happens once. Slipknot happens once. Yes. You know, it's, all these things happen one time. And that's it. And they're fucking legends, and we should respect that and leave them to that. And that's that. Now, it's something new. It's the you kids' know? turn. It's it's it's, it's young yeah. young people's turn. I mean, you look at just like musically alone at the genres of rock and metal for young people. You look at today. It's heavy, refined, drop tuned, aggressive, groovy. It's not. 200 BPM thrash anymore. It's not. Well, yeah. I mean, y- even that, even the, you know, even the, I think we need to get rid of these fucking idea of this old man drums and guitar in general mm-hmm. and just start thinking about, can, is it possible to make rock music without live drums and guitar? Absolutely. Is it possible that I can just sit on my fucking computer in my bedroom and make a rock song? Mm-hmm. I think rock needs a redefinition. Yeah. Because... It can't just be cons- it can't just be continuously defined by exclusively. I mean, I have songs that have live drums and sure. guitar. I record them myself. I play the drums and guitar on the songs. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not opposed to live drums and guitar, but we're gonna have to start being okay with accepting that rock can be considered to be something that's not just live drums and guitar because that's 
We're in the 2020s, man. We're in the we're in. You have the, to adapt we're with in technology. S- we are in right. spaceship years. Exactly. Now. We're in sci-fi years. We gotta have to get over this whole like we have to have guitars and live drums, and that's the only way shit can, can be considered rock. Things can be considered rock if it has the attitude of rock, if it has the energy of rock, mm-hmm. if it feels like rock. You know, that's why. I mean, I just started releasing my music as rock because I was like, "Fuck it, I think it's rock. Yeah. Who cares?" You know. Well, and it's I think a lot me. of other people think it's rock too. And yeah. I, I, so, so what that's done is it's confirmed your confirmed your bias, if you will, because you're like, I think this is rock. You're taking a chance saying that. You know, you're going to get blowback from that of because course. there's a lot of old heads of that are yeah. comfortable with that. But that's the thing. But that's the thing. You want? I mean, it's like it's not. It's not meant for old heads. No, you know what I mean. Like, it's not. I wish I'll, it was because I'll take. I have a lot of older fans because yeah. you know they obviously lo- love how I've like reimagined like older sure. songs and stuff, and I, I embrace everybody. I, embrace and appreciate every single person that wants to be a fan of my music i don't care how old how young what gender what fucking identity and what race none of none of that shit as long as you got ears as long as you can hear there's fucking ears (laughs) on the music that's all i care about but the problem is is that you know a lot of these old heads i mean they just sound exactly like the way their their parents sounded when they were listening to slayer can cycle they continue whatever the fuck you know it's like you just sound like that you're not it's like you don't get that you are like maybe it's not maybe it's like the fact that you don't like it is yeah. sort of the point, right? You know what I mean? Exactly. It's kind of the point it, of it. It would be it would be weird if they did. Yeah, because you know? that means it's not rebellious. Yes, you know what I mean. Exactly. That means it's not actually young and different and pushing the boundaries. If all if every grandma and grandpa out there liked all my music, <laughs> you know then. I wouldn't be the future of rock. You know what there I mean? There you go. Like, that's not what it is. It's called the future of yeah. rock for a reason. It's not the present of it's rock. It's not the present the of, rock. of rock. I'm not arguing that I sound like rock right now. Mm-hmm. My goal is to redefine rock for the future. You know I think I mean? hindsight will prove that you're correct. And 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 it's, it, man, I, it's it's just one of those things where you you have to adapt with technology. I think that's the bottom line because when you have the way to produce 808s and trap beats and things that are sonically just original that are not like tra- 808s have been around forever yeah. but but to no, do but what still, you're doing yeah, with them, them. Yeah. is not it hasn't been I'm not saying it hasn't been done but it's you're one of the pioneers of that it's a fresh take right that it's really aggressive take. vocal pattern with those kinds of things yeah exactly you know so. exactly nobody not very many people yet have put a rock vocalist over that like type of stuff that's what gravitated me towards your sound was like okay it, it was it's almost like an uncomfortable feeling because you've never heard it before <laughs> think about it like once the, the first that's time you've heard me. yeah exactly the first time you heard I don't know we can we can throw out Slipknot's name or somebody who's really unique yeah corn the whatever. first time you heard them it probably made us a little uncomfortable in the best way possible it's weird right. it's fucking weird but I think that's the goal great art is weird you know it, think yeah. about all the paintings you see do you remember a great artist's painting because it's normal no like a field or a sunset yeah, yeah no Ooh, you remember you that know. abstract you remember crazy of the style the yeah. fucking yeah something about it it's like this stands out you know absolutely and so that's the point yeah you you gotta fucking push it you gotta have it stand out and rock hasn't rock a lot of rock hasn't done that you know Mm -hmm. there's a few bands and a few people who have pushed things forward and done really good shit in rock and metal and i love it 
but it's time for a fucking facelift. You know, it's time mm-hmm. for a redefinition. It's time for a new generation. I hope that I can inspire other kids like me. I hope we can inspire a fucking movement. We need we need another movement. Yes. And rock, there hasn't been there hasn't been real energy behind a rock and metal thing since like Warp Tour days. And you know what we need to do because we just talked about it. When we are forty and fifty and sixty. We need to, instead of being the get-off-my-lawn people like everybody seems yeah. to be, we need to be accepting of, in 2040 or 2050, there might be a completely different definition of rock that we might not even, we don't have any idea exists right now, and yeah. we might not even have a clue, yeah. but we got to be those people that are like, even if we don't like it, we got to be like, okay, I respect what you're doing, I, I like that you're pushing boundaries, yep. because there's no point in complaining about something, mm-hmm. because it's just progressing and it keeps going. Exactly. Speaking of that, last thing I'll ask you, what is rest 2022 planned for you i love that things are this is this this festival is such a uh, refreshing thing because credible back we're back you know we're back in full swing Feels like it's life like is back to normal we're half sure. back we're back with masks or whatever the case we're back with restrictions we're we're fully back now so what, yeah. what do we got going on the rest of the year dude going on tour with corn in august That's cool gonna be great second tour ever for me Playing stadiums, can't complain about that Not shit. Very, very grateful. Those guys are fucking legends. And the fact that, you know, somebody like them would kind of give me, you know, that a little bit of that cosign, you mm-hmm. know, and, and allow me to go on tour with them. Right. And that feels great because at one point they were very, they were very innovative back in their day, you know, back when they first kind of came onto the scene. And I feel very, you know, I feel like it's I can like passing the relate to almost. that. Yeah, right. exactly. I can very much relate to that. So I, I so appreciate so many of these people. And it's funny because it's like, all of the rock and metal establishment, the bands, the labels, the people have been around forever. Everybody fucks with me. That's hard. good. Right. Everybody f- loves me. Everybody fucks with me. Nobody's like, fuck Jairus. It means you're like, doing something right. Yeah. Everybody fucks with me. Right. It's just some of the gatekeepers and fans and p- blogs and shit that are a little bit like whatever. Which this tour might help with that because I feel like a lot of those older heads will go to Corn. And they, they don't are know going to go to exactly, and they might not know who you are. Or if they know who you are, or whatever they might be, they might have an opinion about you on record. But then seeing you live, how many times has that happened? Where somebody is like, "Eh, I don't like them," and then they see you live or whoever live, yeah, and you're you like, convert. "Oh shit, this is dope." Yeah, it right. happens a lot. Yeah, it happens, happens a lot. all the time. So. so yeah, it's a great point, and I hope I can do that. I hope I can sway some of those people. You know, I also like you know. There's also we also are just now entering to a time period of life where a lot of generations are a little bit older than us maybe in their 40s or 50s they're not like you know they're not like fuck they didn't grow up super fucking removed a lot of them you know there's like there's 40 year olds out there that grew up on myspace oh yeah you know what i mean i met, my, like, w- I met my wife on myspace i shit you not there you go dead serious i mean you're not 40 but still no but it's yeah. like still 30 year olds yeah. 40 it's like you know there is still people who are older than us that like the, the tide is shifting a little bit, and I do have a lot of those like thirty to forty year old fans who really fucking fuck with me, and that's that's a good thing because it just shows you that we're kind of like aging out some of the bad attitude about you know some of the neg- negativity and negative attitude about new shit in the rock and metal world, and like a lot of a lot of people are embracing, and I I view it as being very I've, I'm very optimistic about oh, yeah. the future. I feel of like it. that with with not just music but the real world. I feel like that's happening with the real world slowly yeah, but surely, and you're getting people that are a little bit more open to ideas, open to different movements, and hopefully down the line we are still those people and everything I will you know, be. works out. I, I think I will be I will too. never switch to the dark side. Yeah, yeah. It will not happen. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Appreciate uh, it, it, was dude. Great Thank talk, you very much. And I hope the rest of the year goes awesome for Thank you, Thank you, dude. Appreciate Absolutely. that, for real. Thank you. Move!
Okay, so I thought Jairus Johnson was my last interview of the evening, but no, I tracked down my homies in Attack Attack, and we're going to chat. By the way, disclaimer, it's like 10.30 p.m., and there's no one in the press room, and there's this weird humming sound, so if that shows up on the recording, I'm so sorry, but yeah. Anyways, here with Cameron, here with Chris. I'm sorry, I did not catch your name. Ryland. You are, according to Wikipedia, a touring member... Correct. Correct. Uh, and you're from Akron, like me, right? Also correct. Okay. So let's talk about that. How'd you? When did you? <laughs> when did like? When did you join? Like, when did this become? Because I I like literally recently noticed that the, uh, the recent photo shoots. I'm like, there's five of you now. Yeah. Like, when did that happen? Correct. There was. There was, <laughs> <laughs> there was a tour, after. They recorded. Yeah. And then that's where I came in. Just full of insight. <laughs> that's where I was born. Okay. <laughs> okay, so Chris, question for you, because obviously on recording, you do all the cleans and all the screams. Correct. Correct. And uh, you clearly have delegated the duties of a lot of, especially like the hook cleans. Like the verse cleans are still you. But he's doing the hooks, and honestly, like, great job. Like, you you got pipes, for real? Correct. Okay. <laughs> so, um, has that been, like, nice for you to, like, obviously it's a little bit less for you to do on stage, at least live, so, like, you can focus on more of your stage presence and more, like, other things? Right. So, a, a, lot, of the, um, a lot of the older songs, yep. especially Someday Came Suddenly and the self-titled right. era, uh, there were two singers, right. always in the band. Right. You know, um, whether it be, you know, Austin, Johnny, Caleb, you know, all yep. those guys. Yep. Yep. Um, so it, it just got to a point where it's like, you know, these songs were written for two singers, and you're doing double duty. There's, it's not, possible. and you're not getting paid like, double. I, just, I can't. It's <laughs> like, you know, I can't do two things at one time. Right. So I'm like, you know, we got to bring on a singer. And he goes, well, you know, anyone got any ideas? I go, well, my buddy Rylan, he's the best. I've known him forever, and. Um, that's how it's been. And you were in a band that sounds so familiar, Inhale, Exhale, right? Correct. This is all literally through Facebook creeping. This is not, me, I'm not smart. Like, You've just, done your research. I, yeah, exactly. So, And that name sounds extremely familiar, too, because you guys were, what, in the Cleveland scene for a while? Or did you uh, get pretty big? Or We were signed to Solid State Records. Okay. Uh, and uh, we toured for about eight years. Oh, nice. So this is not like you're not yellow here. Like you're going into this with, you know what you're doing. Correct. Correct. I mean, it makes so much sense. Then it's a bit nostalgic. It's it's uh, it's nice to be. Yeah. I think Chris and I have always had a goal in mind, which was to sing together on a stage, and uh, correct, <laughs> correct. And uh, I think that's what we're doing at the moment, and it feels nice. It's awesome. And Cameron, you, I mean. From what you told me, it sounds like you are full on attack, attack now. No more traitors, or am I wrong there? Yeah, no more traitors. Okay. No bad blood. Everything was cool. Right. Yeah. Just you just wanted to kind of focus on one I thing. I couldn't do both. It was yeah. impossible. It, like I, I mean, tried I for as long imagine. as I could, and then we both had a tour at the exact same time. And right. traitors was like, we want someone permanent. Like, is it going to be you, or is we going to go someone else? I'm like, we're just going to have to we're gonna split. And so it was just. Totally yeah, possible. I mean, at the, at the end of the day, but, you got to make that decision, yeah. you know. And you l left Cleveland. You don't live there anymore again, or are you still no, up there? I'm still in You're Cleveland. You're still up there, okay. Yeah. 
So Andrew's not here, <laughs> and I wish he was because I have a bone to pick with him. Not that he would have done this, but the day before, literally the day before Attack Attack announced that you guys were back, he was on this podcast the day before. And, like, I'm not expecting him to, like, announce it on my podcast. I'm nobody. But, like, drop a couple hints, you know? And, like, he was dropping nothing. No hints, no. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about uh, COVID conspiracies the entire time. Yeah, so. I do remember this. Yeah. I think he came home and was talking about this. Cause I think that was when he lived with us. Yeah, exactly. And I, it's funny because when, uh, when the lineup was originally announced, I think it was a different bassist. Yeah, it was not me. And then when he, when I, when the bassist left, I was like, jokingly, because I knew you were from the area. I was like, well, why doesn't Cameron be the bass? I didn't know you lived together or anything. Yeah. And then it happened, and I'm like, oh shit, okay, <laughs> that's really fucking cool. Yeah, it's kind of a no-brainer. Yeah. Like. So you guys are on tour now. We have a yeah, we're on like a little. We have some Just like a dates. little, yeah, a little thing. Five days. Five days. Okay. I will see you again, obviously in November with no longer Eskimo Callboy. It's Electric, Electric. Callboy. Yeah. Which that'll be cool. I've yeah. never seen them live. They're, I know they from fun. like yeah, <laughs> from like Twitch and, and like other interviews they've done. I've like they're crazy dudes. So that'll be really cool. Yeah. And I was like a little bummed today because I was so, I was really late to the Attack Attack party when when that was like the big thing in the early 2010s. I was in like the rave scene DJs, which. I should have been into it because it's such a good crossover. But, like, for some reason, I, like, abandoned metal for a while. So when you guys came back, I've been so focused on the new material. And so today you played um, All My Life, but I was like, I want some Bombshell and I want some Press F, and it didn't happen, which is okay because I'm I'm positive you guys are going to yeah. play that on your headlining tour. Yeah. So, like, usually, I'll see that. We usually play those songs, but we had to cut down the sets so much. Yeah. We had 25 minutes, so we were like, well, we you got to give the people what they want, too. Yeah. Stick stickly. Yeah. And I like how you, I, correct me if I'm wrong here, but you. You were like everybody's everybody's calling for stickly stickly, so I'll do it just because you're calling for it. I, that was the next. We song were gonna play it. Yeah, that was the <laughs> no next, matter what. That was the next one loaded. Whether up. they wanted to hear it or not, it was getting played. But it was good timing. Yeah, it was right, good timing. Right. This is a really cool show because, and I've said this to everybody I've talked to today, but it just it's just so true. It's a bunch of young, and yeah, Attack Attack's been around for a while, but you got none of no, not three of you are from the original lineup. And it's just a very young group of people. And you see that in the audience, and you see that in the talent. And it's really promising because, you, you know, you go to those what they call Red State Butt Rock Festivals, and it's the same five headliners every, every show, and you get the same now 50-, 60-year-old guys and girls there. And, like, that's okay. Like, whatever. I get it. But it's, it's, it's nice to see that there's a future here. Because for a while, there was a lot of doubt with rock and metal, true, truthfully. Like, people were afraid to be heavy. People were transitioning their sound to something that they just genuinely weren't. So this gives me hope, especially after COVID, because we didn't know if we were going to have anything like this ever again, let alone young talent. So talk about, like, like how cool is it to be... And again, since you guys aren't original members, it's a weird question to answer, but you guys are sort of like one of the legacy groups here, you know, which is crazy to think about because... Because there's so many new faces. Yes. Yeah, right. I agree. Um, well, well, I, I want to touch back on what you, what you just said, which is uh, seeing a lot of 
a lot of younger people, mm-hmm. you know, showing up. Um, I think I was just having this talk with either you or whoever. Um, <laughs> on the last tour we did, we did a, a short East Coast run, about three weeks, and I that was one of the first things I noticed. Within the first few weeks, there was a lot of, like, young kids yeah. going with their parents and stuff and they they would be like i've been listening to attack attack forever i thought the band would never come back i thought i'd never be able to see you guys because you broke up before i was into music and um that gave me a lot of hope too yeah because i feel like there's a resurgence of that emo hardcore metal scene whatever you want to call it when, right? when, the, when the young kids are listening to it you know that you're doing something right. Something's coming out of it. Absolutely. You, you know what I mean? It's not just the old people. It's also very good parenting, you know? too. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. you know, if these, these I'm, yeah. I have a two-year-old, and I've already tried to be like, okay, like, because my wife is really in the pop country, and I'm right. like, you're not going to win that battle. I'm going to win that fucking battle. <laughs> yeah. So I'm trying to get her more into, like, the metal stuff. Right. Um, cool moment that you mentioned this. I was sitting there eating some nachos, being a pig, watching Wage War, and uh, two rows down from me, there's um, a dad, a mom, and this kid was probably five, maybe six. He had, you know, the, the earmuffs on, so it wasn't so loud. Right. But they started the song Manic, and he looked over at his dad, and he's, he took his headphones off, and he's like, this is my favorite song. And he just, like, jammed the whole thing. I'm like, this kid's five or six, and he's, like, into that? See, it's it's good parenting. That's for sure. That's what I was the first thing I thought of. I'm like, man, goals for sure, hundred percent. But it, you 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 bring up a really good point. I think there's there's a lot of promise. I think too, and I mentioned this with Jairus actually. There's not as much in the older generations, whether it's us or even a little bit older. It's not as much get off my lawn as there used to be. Right. Like not as much like oh your music's crap. You should have listened to what I listened to back in the day. So I think that's really important. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, after this, what you guys, you said five, five dates left? Five. Uh, we have two more days after this. And then break? A small break, and then we go back into the studio. Ooh, uh, I like that. Yeah, we have, I think, oh man, maybe ten days off, and then I go straight to Grand Rapids to record with Joey. You already have material written, or is this something you go in there and you write in the studio? We do. We have some stuff written, and we're going to go in and, um... I think we have three weeks or four weeks booked with them, so we're going to knock out quite a bit of stuff. That's cool. So this is maybe an album? I think you it's don't got to say what you I, don't have to say. I think it's going to be an EP. Okay. Um, I don't want to get everyone's hopes up. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, we, we just, we're going into it with ideas, and we'll see what comes out. Do you think you're going to do the same method as far as... There's pros and cons to this, but like single, 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 and then EP, and then there's like maybe two or three tracks in the EP that people haven't heard besides singles. Or are you going to do more of like a full release kind of thing? I'm not sure how we're going to roll them out yet. Uh, I guess it depends on what the songs, how they, the masters sound. Sure. Um, but yeah, we haven't decided that yet. We're just going to go in and record some stuff and see what happens. Okay. Mm-hmm. And and Joey, you, he did the new material. He did. Right. Yeah. And he's a legend. Yep. And because you guys are newer to the band, that must have been pretty crazy, pretty crazy, right? I mean, he's, oh yeah, it you was know, great. it's like. I guess my question is, do you live up to the hype? Because he's now known as like a pioneer of a certain sound. And I've listened to his interviews. He's a nice guy. He's not an unapproachable person. But right. did he live up to the hype as far as like? I've always imagined if I go into the studio with Rick Rubin. Like, is that going to be the Rick Rubin that I'm expecting? Or is it, like, not as crazy as people 
think. I mean, I've o- <clears throat> I, I've always been a fan of Joey's work, you know, since I was a kid growing mm-hmm. up and stuff. Um, I love Joey. I think he's a genius. Uh, his ideas are always great. Uh, whenever anyone is in doubt of an idea that they have, he can kind of guide them. You know, this is the idea we want to go with, or this is maybe something we don't. I mean, he's just an all-around great producer, uh, which, I mean, that's what producers do. Yeah. Um, they kind of guide the band into the way that we're supposed to be going. And I, I love Joey as a friend. Uh, me and Wetzel just got off a of vacation with him, like oh, four days with nice. him and his wife. And, uh, I mean, they're great people. So. Yeah, and, and I, producers in general are... I. I used to be the kind of person who was like, I have my song, I'm going to the studio, I'm writing it as I, re- as, like, I'm recording it as I wrote it. Uh, my band works with Danny Coleman from formerly Central 8, current Silver Creek Studios in okay. Norton. And uh, <clears throat> the method now is really like, send a demo, and he puts his touch on it, re-records the actual instrumental, and you kind of have to put your ego aside, and like, because I play guitar, and I put your ego aside and be like, yeah, the parts you wrote were better than mine. Yeah. Let's fucking go with it. No, that's of, huge. You yeah. have to be open to ideas that might not be yours. Right. Or yeah. that you might not be comfortable with initially. Right. Especially vocally, because sometimes it's like, can I pull that off? Or like, that's, yeah, that's not what, my that's actual what, style. It pushes you to, and it takes you to the next level. You know, doing things outside of your comfort zone are what make you better. Right. You know? Yeah, absolutely. So you have to be able to take in someone else's opinion. Yeah, yeah. You know? So when, when you... We're in Nine Shrines. Obviously, that was a big band. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we had fun for sure. <laughs> are you? Are you? Because you've been a part of Attack Attack for two years. Uh, yeah, twenty twenty. Yeah. yeah. Are you? Are you done pinching yourself? Like, is that? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, yeah. all of you really. Yeah. 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 I mean, we're having fun. Yeah. <laughs> That's like it's live in the moment kind of thing, yeah, right? It's kind of like ex- exactly when it. you're older and you've got kids and you can be like, yeah, this band that. You know, started out in 2010 or whatever. It's like yeah. I was in that band. Like, so cool. As far as the new music, are we sticking to, I guess, for lack of a better word, trolling? Um. So there wasn't the way that we marketed a lot of the songs. There's a lot of trolling. Yeah. You know, with especially Kawaii Cowboys. And yes. All that stuff. Which is it fucking slaps. At first when I heard it, I was like, <laughs> "What the fuck is this?" Like, and then I'm like, "Okay." And I'm like, yeah, like yeah. it's it grows on you. Same yeah. with uh, uh, God. What the fuck is that track? Is that future bass track? It's like straight oh, EDM. Um, Fade I'm with sorry. Me. What was Fade, Fade with, with me? me. Yeah. yeah, and that song rips. Yeah. And, but who did Joey produce that? Joey didn't produce that one. That was us and our buddy John Eberhard. Sounds uh, really familiar. He's done some, I believe. Uh, programming or production for like I Prevail and stuff like it's that. Like, um, it's like exceptional as far as like EDM goes. Yeah, like, that's he's, he's got a good ear for EDM. Yeah. Uh, so he, he helped us with that one and uh, turned out pretty cool, I thought. That's, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So I guess with the new stuff, like the stuff you're talking about recording, yeah. again, is it is it uh, like you said, the trolling was definitely with like a little bit of releasing and stuff, especially because after uh, all my life, I was like, okay, Let's get that like heavy breakdown we're all looking for, and then Quiet Cowboy, and I'm like, what? Yep. <laughs> like everybody else, but I guess I guess my question is, where are you where are you going to evolve the sound? Because obviously, with that first EP, you guys are all new in the band, and you're f- kind of finding your footing where you are in this band. Correct. And now, I guess the comfortability is 
or the confidence, whatever is there now. So you're like, okay, I don't have to necessarily worry about doing things the old attack, attack way or whatever. So, yeah, no, I I see what you're saying. And I I take into consideration, I mean, all of us do, uh, every period of attack, attack, you know, there was a lot. Um, so we're, we're trying to mix old with new. We're trying to do metal. We're trying to keep a little EDM vibe. Mm-hmm. We're trying to do a little bit of everything, which is what we did with the first EP. We kind of were throwing stuff at the wall and being like, what does everyone want to hear? What does everyone like? What's going to be fun to play live? You know, like we didn't really yeah. know what we were doing, so we were just trying stuff. Yeah. Now I feel like we have a little more of a direction that we're going to take it in, and uh, I think it's going to be really cool. We have some pretty cool ideas in the works, so. Now, this, you don't have to answer this, but since you are a touring musician at the moment, I don't, I don't know what the future holds for that, but do you have interest in being in the band full-time if that opportunity were to arose? Again, I'm not speaking for anybody else, but I'm just asking you. Well, you know, I just try to take it one day at a time, put my best foot forward, and uh, you know, that's all you can do at the end of the day. You, know? you just uh, take it day by day. I'm going to call you Bill Belichick, because that's literally... <laughs> correct. Correct. Like, that's literally who you are right now. Absolutely. I appreciate all of it. Um, yeah, I, anything else you guys wanted to plug before we wrap that up? No? No? Okay. All right. Sweet. Well, thanks for coming on. This was, I tried, I tried, I tried so many times. Absolutely. I tried so many times getting this done because, again, when Andrew was on, it, it wasn't even a thing. And I'm like, I got to talk to them again because the conversation would have been totally different, you know? So I'm glad that this, even though we're in Dallas and not at home, which would have made way more sense. It's funny how things work out, but I really appreciate you guys coming on and have a great time on the road. That is it for episode one. We do have a part two of the So What Music Festival uh, coverage on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you're listening to this podcast. Just search our episode list and you'll see So What Music Festival part two. So check that out if you still want to hear interviews from Traders, Volumes, the Collis Dow Boys, the uh, Unity Texas, and the Plot and You. So go check that out. Uh, I'm going to have another trivia question in that one to win two more tickets to Incarceration Festival. So uh, obviously more incentive to check that one out if you don't already have the incentive to listen to these awesome band interviews. So thanks so much for checking us out. Please like, share, subscribe to us anywhere you can. Rate us five stars. Uh, It really goes a long way, so we really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I'll talk to you in the next episode. As always, we're out. (laughs) 